Hey everyone, this is Jeff Epstein with Citizens Media TV and People Conversations. And today I am here with New Jersey 3rd Congressional District Democratic candidate Rich Dennison. Hi Rich, how are you? Hi Jeff, uh, thank you for having me. I am really grateful for um, you accepting the invitation and taking the time to do this. Um, so let's get right into it. So could you please uh, give us your give us your pitch, Rich? Introduce yourself. Introduce your campaign. Yes, absolutely, Jeff. Um, once again, thank you for your time. I uh, <clears throat> and for the opportunity. I uh, once again, my name is Rich Jennison. I live in uh, Florence Township, New Jersey, where I've lived my entire life, uh, except for, of course, when I was at school. Uh, I graduated from the University of Pennsylvania and then uh, Georgetown Law. And I went to mortuary school so that I could work for my father's uh, funeral businesses, and um, which were essential to my uh, family, my entire family. And uh, we, we take great pride in that. And we serve the community. Um, and, and that's what we do. And, and uh, what I do is day in and day out is meet with folks going through the worst periods you can even imagine. And I learned a lot of compassion and, and caring for people throughout this experience. And, um, and I, I think an extension of that is, uh, is politics. It's public service, really. Politics has a bad uh, name. We all know that. But it's public service is the way I like to look at it. And so uh, I, I'm here for, for that. Uh, that's the only reason why I'd ever want to get into, uh, into, uh, into public office. And here I am. That's why I put my name on, on the ballot. But I will uh, officially anyway in the coming month. So once again, thank, thank you, Jeff. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad to glad to be talking with you. So, so, so let's go. Let's start with with your your platform. I I told you, um, you know, being candid about myself, that uh, I'm pretty hardcore. You know what Bernie Sanders believes in. He he. I was never politically active before him. Um, I voted right. Democratic pretty blindly before then. Not pretty, totally blindly. I just voted Democratic. Um, but then he woke me up just like, you know, lots of other people and pretty much what his platform is, is what I believe in. Um, so I'm pretty hardcore progressive. Um, so you responded that you, uh, when I said that, that you have some significant progressive, uh, things on your platform. So could you tell us what, you know, the major things of those are? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jeff, uh, and if you stay with me for a second, because I don't want my phone to die out in the middle of this, I'm just plugging it in. Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, the thing about Bernie Sanders' campaign to me was uh, a big thing. Uh, I, I love to see, I, I, I love to uh, seeing that, that, that groundswell, you know, that that, that grassroots, that net roots um, presence. And I saw. I guess what was most inspiring to me was the younger folks 
who just, you know, really, it really resonated with. And, uh, well, for example, in my campaign, I, I reached out to, to a girl who I'd known when she was, when she was young. Now she's, uh, I don't know, in her mid-20s, and she said um, Bernie's platform really uh, got her inspired to, to look into politics. She's now my head of millennial outreach. Um, What's the name of that? What's her name again? Or... Her name is Lauren Grace Firth. Okay. F U R T H. And, um, yeah, and, and it meant a lot to me. And, uh, and, and she asked me, she said, I never ran a campaign before. I don't know. I said, you know what, Lauren? I said, what you learned from that campaign, I think, is more than enough. Really. I, I do. So, and, and so let me get into it. Um, you know, I, I worked for President Clinton in the past. I worked in the Clinton White House. I was an intern in the uh, Clinton uh, speech writing office at the White House when I was uh, a junior uh, uh, from the University of Pennsylvania. And uh, a great experience, no doubt about it. Totally honored. And uh, But I wasn't so much taken by Hillary's message as much as it was by Bernie's. I, I like... I like but before you go into Bernie, I want to add... Before you go into Bernie, I want to ask. So, in that, in wait, your, wait, wait. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you because I had to plug this back in. Please go again. Before you get in, before you go further into Bernie, when you were an intern in the speechwriting office in Clinton's White House, what yeah. were there any? Were there any? Uh, were you involved in actually composing speeches, or were there any major speeches that people would know that you? Had a had a uh, well. Well, would you consider the State of Union a significant speech? I think I so. What? So, yeah. So what? Was, so what did you do on the State of what? What did you do on that State of the Union? Uh, well, there were there were about let's see. There was a, the head of speech writing, Michael Waldman, and then there was uh, one about four other speech writers, and there were three of us interns, and so whatever they needed. And this is before, you know, the Internet is what it is today. And there's a and, – and by the way, we weren't in the West Wing. We were in the building, a huge building right next door. It, it, we called it the OEOB. Now they call it the Eisenhower uh, office building. But anyway, uh, so they had a library up uh, a couple floors up from us. So speakers would say we needed – it was interesting. From day one, they would say something like, we need a good quote from a founding father as such and such. And you ran. You ran. You vinyl. You ran up. You went up to that library, and uh, they had great librarians there. And, uh, yeah, and you'd find, that. you'd find a good quote like that. So do you, remember, you, do, you, do you remember a particular part, or do you have on video a particular part of the speech that you remember particularly that you had, you know, that came from you? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I think uh, <laughs> yeah, I, could, I, I had to write a 100-page thesis for, for Penn for the political science guys uh, just to get credit for my experience there. Um, and uh, I wish I even copied The other day I was just thinking I wish I had a copy of that, but no, I, I don't have a copy of that. 
But but, um, even if, but even if you don't have it on video, you still have memories of that particular thing that he just said was because of me. I can't claim that. I I, I do. There are speeches that the president um, made where they were literally word for word what I wrote. I will wow. say that. Um, That's but they cool. were much less. They were much less <laughs> on the level from the State of the Union. You know what I mean? Like uh, for example. Um, former speechwriters uh, called Rose Rose Garden Rubbish. Okay, and okay. Um, so as a as an intern, you, you're lucky if you get a, a sentence in for even a Rose Garden Rubbish. Say the union, trust me. Uh, this is when taxes were big. You know, every sentence the president's going to say at the State of the Union, you're going to get a fax from uh, so many. Very important people within the government and without the government, you know, like like Yale political science professors. You're going to get that because they reach out to them. It's very interesting. But yeah, um, I, 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 to my own words, I was just an intern, um, 20 years old. Um, I remember one speech that year, um, there were two. There were two uh, years old. champions of the. So you were twenty years. You're you're you're. I believe you're forty now. Is that right? I am forty. Yes. So so twenty years. Twenty years ago is nineteen ninety seven, which Clinton wasn't in office. So when when were you? Wait, you were in Clinton. It was the spring of ninety eight when I was there. Clinton was in office in ninety eight. Wow, I've lost track of time. Okay. <laughs> I've yeah. lost track of time. Okay. Yeah, that's Go on. fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but, but yeah, uh, so the the uh, the NCAA uh, football champs from the year before, it, it, they, they split it. Somebody, uh, it was uh, Nebraska and Michigan. I remember that. Not Michigan State, but Michigan and Nebraska. And uh, I worked hard on that speech, and I I, I was able. And the speech was so gracious. They were so nice. And they said, well, why don't you go over to the East Room? You wrote it, you know. And so I stood in the back of the room, the East Room went. And now this would have been the Rose Garden, but it was raining outside. But it was in the East Room. It was very yellow, you know. And I'm sitting, I'm standing in the back just watching. I can't tell you what an honor it was to... To look at the President of the United States use your exact words in a speech, and uh, but as, as eloquent as, as he always was, of course he was he was looking at what I wrote, but then he he you know he he, he added his own thoughts and all, and, so, and I knew how yeah so that's that, pretty that neat. was a great honor that was a great honor that's but, pretty neat. but it comes to the State of the Union no they're not gonna they're not gonna really use an intern's words. Oh, right. Well, that's that's pretty neat. Um, so so now it's 20 years later. You were in his office, and you you're about you're going to tell us about Bernie Sanders and your platform and all that stuff in a minute. But I'm curious. 20 sure. years later, I'm curious. 20 years later, what are your thoughts on the Clinton presidency? I think the economic growth was incredible. Um, I I, uh, I mean, I'm no economist, right? But he 
what he achieved was by sort of moving towards the middle was a good thing. Now, do I... But when, how do you define that? Here's how do you define point. that, moving towards the middle? Exactly. At that point in time, maybe that was necessary, but I'm a progressive, a very liberal Democrat. And um, so I think in a lot of ways he did that to, to secure himself uh, the second term in 96. Um, and it worked. It worked. Uh, Consider Dick Morris and all that. It worked. Um, there were some downsides, no doubt about it. Um, the biggest, in, in my estimation, was um, <clears throat> going against our progressive agenda and and just this being too tough uh, with with those in inner cities that um, that that were facing you know all the the people in inner cities face uh, and, uh, that's not the best answer I could give but but. Uh, they, they, they rained very hard upon them, and, and I thought that was that was cruel, and I don't think that that worked too well. They 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 upped the sentences too much, and uh, it I think very unfairly impacted uh, minority communities. Um, that's probably the biggest probably the biggest uh, knock I give of the of the Clinton. Uh, administration, particularly in its second term. I would say that I think it was it was uh, just, just uh, yes, cruel. I mean, cruel. Cruel to minorities, you said? Yeah, absolutely. Give, give, absolutely. Don't, don't go too in-depth, but just, just a couple of examples of how was he cruel to minorities. During the second term, Okay. It uh, it wasn't progressive, liberal Democrat views. Okay, it was it was more about placating everybody. It was too middle of the road, and uh, I think it was it was much too harsh, uh, particularly on the urban community. And so, I, what are a couple? What are a couple of policies that you thought that Clinton did that were uh, harsh? I forget the term that you use. Harsh to the to the minority population. Well, um, and I don't want to knock his administration too much, but, but no, it's not personal. It's just yeah, policy yeah, that you disagree but, with. I hear you, but but, um, but yeah, I, I free speak as you noted, and uh, now they. Uh, it was it, he he permitted a heightening of the um, of the penalties upon, for example, first-time offenders. Um, you know, uh, so who, prison, he, he he increased the prison population for not the greatest reasons, such as drugs, yeah. such as three strikes or whatever it is. Exactly, okay. exactly. Wow. I, I, I thought I thought that went I thought that went too above. What we should do, and or should have done anyway, and I think uh, with, with President Obama, uh, 
he did his best to try to tamp that down. Do you think that? Do you think that? Uh, uh, you know, as far as progressives, like that, Clinton and Obama are sufficiently what you would define as progressive. Like, did did Obama, as a minority, did he continue or did he improve that relationship with minority communities? I think Obama definitely improved upon that. Um, the Bill Clinton of his first term was not the Bill Clinton of his second term. Um, and, and we're talking about domestic policies here. Um, yeah, the economy soared because of the Internet in, in Clinton's second term. But um, to get his second term, he had to stick with certain things like uh, DOMA. Are you familiar with that? Defense of Marriage yes. Act? Yes. Yeah, well, I was against that because that was, you know, I, I, I've long been a supporter of LGBT rights, and uh, that was a bad move. But uh, Clinton wanted his second term, and that's when he, he really uh, saw love to uh, Dick Morris, that consultant who I think sort of got us. He's, he was kind of the, the, the Steve Bannon of his day back then. And um, he talked about triangulation and all this. And, yeah, it got, it got put in the second term. But I don't know if that's the Bill Clinton that, uh, that I really wanted to believe in. Okay, so let me ask one last question before you get back into Bernie, which is sure. specifically with prison population, with jailing minorities for small stuff, uh, uh, you know, drug uh, marijuana offenses and you know small stuff, basically creating you know our new our version of slave labor. Did Obama and did did as you said Clinton made that worse? Did Obama on that particular just that particular issue? Did he improve or make that particular issue worse? Well, let me firstly say that uh, Clinton was an amazing president and. Uh, uh, you know, no, no president's perfect, um, but by and large, uh, compared to his predecessors and many of his successors, uh, was amazing. Now, when it comes to Obama, I think he righted a lot of Clinton's wrongs. I do think so. This particular um, one? Huh? This particular one? Do you think that he, you know, improved the situation with the private prisons and jailing people for marijuana and all that stuff, do you think that Obama improved or did not improve or just didn't do anything regarding that particular issue? Well, he didn't do enough. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, okay. I would have I hoped for better because you look at the prison population. Um, we have so many, I mean, disproportionately, uh, African-Americans and, and, and other minorities uh in jail, as opposed to uh, to white, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's too disproportionate. And, and, and so, what you got to do is you got to go back. You got to go back a little bit and say, well, let's look at how we're how we're sentencing, you know, folks. What are we doing? Uh, we're going to lock up somebody for marijuana possession for five years or something? I mean, come on. There are murders to get out of jail quicker than that. Okay, so let me use let me use this as the first entry into Bernie. Um, you, well, not Bernie, but just your progressive platform where you were about to talk about, you know, 
stuff that related to that. So what do you believe in with private prisons and with marijuana? Well, I I think marijuana ought to be legalized uh, unconditionally. Uh, okay. I think you said well, I think I saw you said online that it should be twenty one and over and not driving and stuff like that. But generally speaking, it should just be Yeah, legalized. yeah, you know, I I take back the the term unconditionally, because uh, that's uh, I guess what I wanted to say was it, it needs to be legalized uh like alcohol recreationally throughout the nation, um, and you, you saw what Jeff Sessions just did, and uh, and I, I totally do not support that um, our, our, uh, for many reasons. Um, uh, one, our system doesn't have the resources to police that, and two, they shouldn't police that. I think it's stupid. It's really stupid. Uh, you, you got Republicans who are now uh, jumping all over us. These are the same Republicans who talk about states' rights. It, it, it's totally nuts over to me. Um, you know, there are so many health benefits, uh, particularly with children, uh, in like liquid form. I saw uh, maybe a, a, saw an episode of 60 Minutes or something, maybe a couple of years ago. You know, and, and these kids going through so many health battles, it really it benefits them. Um, uh, so I don't get why these Republicans are talking about uh, <laughs> the same Republicans who talk about state rights are the same ones now who are talking about now the federal government is going to jump in. So it doesn't make much sense to me. Right. Uh, and same and not, same not, with the uh, yeah, you know, it's like the same with the net neutrality thing. They they repealed net neutrality and told states they're not allowed to do, to unrepeal it in their in their own states. Yeah. Yeah, good, good point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you can't have it both ways, right? Well, can. <laughs> well, they, um, they, they, well, they like it. They like it. We're not going to think that it's a good thing, but, you know, uh, uh, not if you uh, want to. Uh, you can't pretend what, what, that you're following the rule of law if you're going to do that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Or principles yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my point is I think marijuana ought to be legalized. And recreationally, in all fifty-six. That and I guess and I get the impression that that you see it as the same as it should be the same as alcohol and cigarettes. Where? Yeah, I mean there there are, there are reasonable restrictions, just, but just last evening, just last evening, I was watching um, the governor of uh, Colorado. He's a Democrat, Hicken Luper. Uh, he was against he's Democrat. He was against it in Colorado. Now he says he's for it, and uh, you know. But he he says you know uh, there's some tax benefits. You know we we are getting some more money in, not as much as you think, but overall. So he changes tune now. He's changed his tune. He says you know what, it's better than it being on the black market. So. I got to listen to him. He's been on the ground. He knows it. He's talked to to the most powerful people. Well, you know, so I, I don't see I don't see a problem with that. I don't. I, I just see it can only get worse if it, it continues the way it is. That's why I do. But but I'm totally in favor of recreational marijuana in every state. 
good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, just personally speaking. So, yeah. so tell us, some, tell us, tell us let's go to uh, one other major issue on your platform. You yeah. pick it. Oh, I so you tell, You pick it. Pick another major. Oh, wow. Well, like, I, I, didn't expect, I didn't expect I would get a pick here. Uh, well, I, I do what I can. Well, my biggest problem with Tom McCarthy, who I'm running against, um, yeah, I've got a primary opponent, but uh, or two, but uh, <laughs> it's Tom Arthur, and he's the only he's the only member of the New Jersey delegation, congressional delegation, who voted for this uh, tax reform bill. The only and Republican got, in New Jersey. We, we, and we've got we got we got some conservatives up north in New Jersey, but this guy is so out of touch. Oh, his district. So what's wrong with the tax bill? <laughs> well, the bill, I've heard so many varying uh, viewpoints, but the, the majority, the majority is from, from the, the, the smart folks, the, the smartest, the most objective folks, is that it does nothing but help the wealthy. We can't allow this. Uh, I, 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 I don't uh, purport to know your income or anything, but I know it, it, it'll cost me a hell of a lot more money, um, if, at least in, in three years' time, um, but it will give immediately um, a significant uh, boon to to those who are extremely wealthy. Uh, absolutely. In Trump's family, there was a... There was a meme I saw, and uh, they had a uh, – sorry, I'm, I'm smoking a cigarette here. The kids don't do this. Uh, <laughs> don't be a congressman. I definitely won't. Uh, but the, the, the point is, you know, I mean, there was a meme with, with, the, uh, with, with the Trump with the Trump on a picture, right? And it showed on top of their heads how much they would save each of them uh, over, I don't know, a few years' time. And so it goes to show you, this guy, Trump, he, he's not in line with us. And if I can take it locally, it's MacArthur. It's not about us. He's out of touch. He wants to save as much of his millions as possible. He wants to make even more. And we are just, you know, just cattle, really. Well, MacArthur... Uh, MacArthur- MacArthur pushes pretty hard, has pushed pretty hard in the op-eds, um, and well, in one op-ed in particular, recent, that the middle class is getting significant benefits from this tax plan. I read that. I read that as well. So is that not? Is it just not true? The CBO, which is completely congressional budget office, is about as objective as you can get, and uh, they they. They defy that. They, they don't believe in what he's saying, and uh, they're smarter. Some of the smartest people out there, um, and, and they look over bills uh, routinely. Routine, yeah, routinely. Excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> in my um, they routinely. The CBO routinely looks at stuff like that, and. Um, and they're completely objective, and they have said over and over again, 
this is not going to see the middle class, the hardworking folks that we believe in. Anything, if anything, is going to cost a, a heck of a lot of money, uh, particularly uh, in the next three years. So, um, MacArthur is okay. So, so the, the the grand picture is that, if I'm understanding you properly, what you believe is that the grand picture is that this is clearly helping the wealthy way more than it's helping the less wealthy, the not wealthy. Absolutely. But is it is it even narrowly true what he's saying about particular benefits that the that the 99% is getting from this tax bill, even if even those particular just narrow specifics that he gives are those true like particular benefits that he's talking about of uh uh I th- one specific that i can think of is that the child tax credit i think doubles so i mean that that i would think that that's that he's not just outright lying about that particular thing well the, the, that's one thing that's one part of it um there's so many other parts for example, um, when, when when you look at uh, well, uh, I don't know if you talk about the earned uh, earned. Uh, I honestly don't know the details. I just remember that something about children. <laughs> yeah, de- yeah, I'm not children a tax, benefit. I'm, not, I'm an attorney, but I'm not a tax I mean, I'm not I'm not an accountant, but earned income tax credit. Um, so I'm trying to think about that, but no, it, it doesn't help there either. It, it really doesn't. No, this is just for the very wealthy. It's a joke. Um, he, he, he even, Trump I'm talking about, even joked with somebody and the reporter caught it in the Oval Office when he said, one of his billionaire friends, he pointed at him and he was, hey, and they're, they're saluting each other, right? They're, they're having a good time there. And uh, he said, uh, you're going to make a lot more money now. So, do you get do you get what I'm saying? Uh, it's it, it's a joke. I don't have to be a big time economist or a tax attorney or accountant to understand that this just benefits the wealthy. And and I want to add to that. I want to add to that uh, something else in that um, what these uh, conservative Republicans when when they look at the tax code. They said for years, they said, well, you know, if you give more, you know, tax cuts to the wealthy, it'll just trickle down. You know, you know, the biggest uh, fallacy in that is, it just won't work. Greed. Greed. When people have more money, they don't invest in their employees. They don't do it. Uh, That was uh, Ronald Reagan's idea. Way back when, in 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 the 1980 election, when George H. W. Bush was running against him, of course he eventually asked H. W. Bush to, to be his VP. But when they were debating back in '80, uh, George W. H. W. H. W. Bush said to him, uh, "That's just voodoo economics." That's what he called it. He was the first person to call it. He said, voodoo economics. Trickle down, no. Because... Okay, so the opposite... Yeah, I'm sorry, finish, finish, finish. Yeah, so, so that's my point. You know, 
if a hardcore conservative Republican like George H.W. Bush views it as voodoo economics, uh, I got to listen to him. Uh, I mean, uh, no disrespect to any of our presidents, but I, I think George H.W. Bush was, uh, was a pretty smart guy. He uh, knew econ, when he uh, Yale. Uh, he knew it was a, a bad deal because it just comes down to one word, greed. People, if they okay. save their money, they want to buy a yacht. They want to buy an airplane. They don't want to give their employees an extra dollar an hour. You know what I mean? So I just spoke to a Trump supporter at a rally uh, tax plan in November. Um, yeah. And the Trump supporter said, 18-year-old man, 18-year-old man, said that trickle-down works, Reaganomics were very successful, and that giving $15 an hour, giving, giving tax breaks to millionaires allows it to trickle down to the workers, which is a more controlled fashion, to help the middle class, to help 99%. And that mm-hmm. I asked him then, okay, so what about the other side? How about giving $15 an hour to the workers instead of tax tax break for the for the wealthy? And he said that that's a mess, that will never work, that prices will go to the sky because it would be un, basically because it would be uncontrolled. And from my point of view, actually, no, I don't want to tell you my point of view. I'll tell you mine afterwards. What's your point of view of of, of what he said? I I don't believe it. Um, during the Reagan years. Um, his first term economically was not great. His second term, it started to take off. Um, now, I'm four years old. What was I at that point? At 12? <laughs> but I, I read enough, and I try to study as much as I can. Um, Twelve. external factors. You were three. <laughs> well, yeah, when it started, I, I'm totally ready the second term. Oh, okay. Yeah, because when people talk about the the Reagan, um, the, when they talk about the the, the you know, Reagan boom, you know, um, they're talking about the second term. Um, right. There are external factors there. It, 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 I don't believe it had anything to do with that tax code uh, that was helping out the wealthy. I, I just don't. I don't. I believe in what. George H.W. Bush said that voodoo economics and trickle-down trickle economics doesn't work. Um, what about uh, the $15 an hour? What about the opinion of the Trump supporter about $15 an hour versus giving tax breaks to the... To the Wait, owner? are we getting into Bernie now? Are we, are we jumping ahead? No, I'm just... I'm, no, I'm just... No, I'm, 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 I'm just following up on... Uh, I asked what the Trump supporter... What your, what your thought of was on the Trump supporter saying that trickle-down works because... If you give it to the wealthy, it goes down to the 99% in a controlled fashion. But the $15 an hour... Jeff, what did I say before? It comes down to one word. Greed. 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 These guys... So what about the $15 an hour part? What about the $15 an hour part then? What about the $15 an hour part then? Do you believe that it would be uncontrolled and prices would go up and all that stuff? What do you believe about that? Uh, now hold on. Are, are we now getting to the Bernie Sanders view of a of a living wage? Sure, go for it. 
Well, I believe in that. I believe in that. I, I, I take it a complete opposite. If you can go as far opposite in your mind's eye from <laughs> your sugar down shit, well, sorry, I shouldn't, Chris, um, you know, to, to, to what's real, uh, what's real is you have to require people to, to, uh, to pay. Um, I'm a small business owner. My dad is. You know, uh, many people who are very close to me are. I don't think you can, you can erase greed, just erase that word, you know, like a Sharpie. I don't think you can do that. Uh, you got to require people to, to pay their, their people a living wage. And uh, in this day and age, what is it, 755 or whatever? 735? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. You could have two people that working their behinds off and they got three kids. They can't survive. They need to make at least $15 an hour each of them. They have to. You can't, you can't just hope. You can't just hope that something's going to trickle down. And, and what that's about? The other thing. That's, huh? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Finish. It, it's just, it's just, you can't hope. You can't sit here and hope that, okay, we'll give tax breaks and we're going to hope that these people are going to be so damn nice. They're going to be so damn nice and they're going to care about their employees. And an employee's kids. No, no, no. We shouldn't. We shouldn't put our society in such a such a wishful, you know, situation. We have to fight for that and, and require it. You know, take it out of our hands and say, you know, uh, no, it's fifteen dollars an hour you charge. You, you, you bust their butts. You pay them right. I mean, it's $15 an hour. That's not that much money. Based on the profits, look at the stock market. Look, look where that's going. That's through the roof. That's to the class. Uh, I don't see and meanwhile, GoFundMe's, and meanwhile, people have GoFundMe's to heat their schools and to get surgery. And But the uh, but thousands are great. Now, so, now, so $15 an hour. Uh, now so you're vibes. Yeah. Right. That's so exactly, $15. That's, that's how I feel. So fifteen dollars yeah. an hour. How how do you do it in a way that avoids these criticisms of potential problems of prices going up too high and and uh, how do how do you do it in a way that avoids those problems? <laughs> well, that that I guess that's a good question, but I don't think it, it, it it's a very hard question because. It's just, say I own five uh, Burger Kings, right? And I'm I'm rolling in, I don't know, five Burger Kings by $20 million a year, right? So guess what? If I jump my, uh, my each employee's from 75 an hour to 15, maybe then I'll make, I don't know, $15 million? I mean, are you really hurting? Are you hurting? But I mean, but I, but I'm, but I, the end goal, the end goal, I'm not questioning. But I'm asking, how specifically do you implement fifteen dollars an hour? 
Well, like everything in D.C. would take years. Uh, nothing, nothing happens overnight. I, I, I wish for the days of uh, no, I, say, let, LBJ. Let me, I, I, let me, I honestly let me wish re- for the days of LBJ. Let me rephrase yeah. the question. I think I think it came. I think my question came across a little differently. Pretending okay. that it could get passed. Pretending you could immediately pass whatever bill that you wanted. How? Right. What would that bill do to make fifteen dollars an hour a reality? I'm not. I know it's difficult to make it the, the law pass. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking pretending that you could get any law that you wanted passed related to fifteen dollars an hour. What would that bill do to implement fifteen dollars an hour in order to avoid? For example, prices going up too high. Okay. Well, uh, there are like two parts to that, which you only asked one, but I have to answer it in two parts. One, how you implement it is, um, you know, regulatory process and all that, but because uh, they have to, you know, then send out the regulatory uh, guidelines and all that. Uh now, how does that happen? Well, there have to be, as a lawyer, I could tell you, some notice involved. Um, I, I don't know. But I don't think it would be that difficult, frankly. I don't. I don't see why it would be so difficult. Uh, if, 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 if the Congress, both houses, votes to pass uh, the president's uh, signs, then it goes through the regulatory system, which... Granted, that's a slow system, but they'll then, you know, eventually through the FTC and wherever else, and they'll, they'll, you know, send it to all these local businesses, and these businesses will have to comply. Is it using them in the open? Yeah, but it'll happen. From an employee's point of view, someone that's making seven fifty an hour. After fifteen dollars an hour, after fifteen dollars an hour, this law is passed, and it's gone through all the regulatory agencies and all this stuff, and it's finally now it's underway. So this happens in 2018. What does an employee in 2018? What is his life? What is what is their life like as far as from starting from 750? How does that person work their way to 50? What do they see as far as their paycheck changing? How quickly does it change? What are the what are anything that happens related to that? How does it how does it? I'm I'm trying to get how this yeah. policy would be implemented. I'm not asking about the governmental red tape. I'm asking about what would this bill specifically do to phase in fifteen dollars an hour in order to prevent yeah, well, the negative consequences that it could have. Well, firstly, it'd be federal law, so they'd have to they'd have to uh, abide by it, but. Because of the red tape, uh, I'm sure uh, even after both houses have passed it and the president signed it, then it would have to go through a regulatory process so that. But what what would know. the bill? What would the bill itself do? What would it do? Pretending that it got through all of these hurdles. It would it would, it would it would it would it would require it would require that they be put on notice. Uh, they would be sent. Uh, <laughs> I let them notice that you have to, just like any other increase that we've ever had in our history, uh, minimum wage increase, you get a letter. You have to pay. You can't pay any less than that. And well, give, me more uh, specific, and if, give me more specifics on that letter and what that letter would, what, what, the, what would that letter say? What would it tell you? 
business that it had to do and when would it have to do it? That's what I'm trying to get. Oh, okay. Well, I've never written one of those letters, but I, I know what it would say. It would say, <laughs> like, if, if, if you're an owner of a, 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 a chain of Burger King, you get this letter in the mail from probably, I'm thinking FTC, but maybe some other regulatory agency in D.C., you're hereby on notice that you have to pay your employees $15 per hour henceforth. I mean, it's just kind of immediately driving that way. Well, I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I haven't been asking this very elegantly, but my point is just to try and push you to – you say that you believe in $15 an hour, which is wonderful, but I'm trying to get you to, to bury down into the detail of specifically what that means to you, how specifically – $15 an hour would become a reality, and I don't mean what government agencies it has to go through, but I mean what does that, what does $15 an hour mean to you? I don't, I, I'm, I'm really struggling trying to come up with a question, but no, no, the you're, details you're, of you're, the details you're, 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 of $15 you're, you're an fine. hour. You, you, no, you're fine, and you, you obviously know the system. It, both, out, if both houses pass it, the president signs it, then it goes to the regulatory agency. That's why it takes a damn long, because of red tape. Then the regulatory agency that pertains to that will then put them on notice that they have to pay at, they'll, they'll give them the exact date, starting at, you know, <laughs> say, say they get it at, I don't know, uh, in What June, would you choose it to be? Right? What, would you choo- what date would you choose it to be? It's, it's the laws passed in 2018, then by what date do you believe that companies should be paying their employees $15 an hour? With all deliberate uh, quickness. I put that way. Uh, no, I, I want to I push you to a specific sort of time or date or year range or whatever it is. I mean, with all deliberate speed, is very easy to take advantage of. So what, what would you impose? If, if I could, if I could, yeah. I want to... If I was if I was president of the United States, the minute I signed it, I'd want it done. Okay. Sure. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you my I'll tell you my I'll tell you my opinion, and it's not like I'm a policy mark by any means. But my my feeling is that you phase it in over whatever five years. That 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 I just oh, I don't let, let, let I don't let, 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 let them let define me, Let me start with you, but I might cut you off for a second. I hate this red tape. I hate it. I am not a fan of that. I would, I would wish that the minute it becomes law, that people, you know, abide by it. That's what I want. Uh, unfortunately, look at our system and all the red tape and all the regulatory agencies. Uh, I actually, you know? I actually, I actually disagree with that. I actually, if I'm understanding you, I actually think that immediately. Immediately, you must start paying your employees fifteen dollars an hour after paying them seven dollars an hour. I actually find that unreasonable. I, I feel like the five-year phase-in or whatever it is, is... Oh, is I, I totally... No, 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 no. Don't disagree with me. That's what I want. That's what oh, I okay. want. I want, I want right. that immediately. It's just a system. Uh, I, I wish I could beat the system. Uh, I can't. Um, but, yeah, that's... Ideally, that's what I want. Sure. Okay. All right. So let me ask you, give me one more really big progressive platform thing that you believe in, and then I have some other unrelated questions for you. 
Well, some health care. Health care. Health care. The Affordable Care Act was, in my opinion, a great step in the right direction. But it is very flawed. Very flawed. Um, it needs to be fixed. And as President Obama himself has said numerous times, he said it himself. He said, if you can fix it, I will be a fan of it. Nobody's even tried. Not with well, this administration. What's wrong with Obamacare that needs to be fixed? Because premiums, because premiums have gone way up. Uh, Why have premiums gone way up? Why have premiums gone way up? Like, what's the fundamental problem with Obamacare? The fundamental problem is that he took on something so massive, like what Hillary tried to do in the early days of the Clinton administration. It's so tough because of the money of the insurance companies, you see. And he tried his best. And do you remember those town hall meetings where, where Democratic uh, representatives were just being destroyed because they even uh, supported it at all? Now, the thing is, that that bill, which became law, was a great step in the right direction. The only thing is, it needs to be worked on. Um, so we can we can do a lot more to fix it, but uh, it has to be it has to be with good, objective-minded people, not people who are beholden to the insurance companies who have more money than anybody, pretty much. So can, you, can you can you elaborate more on that? You're talking about the insurance companies, and so what what does the insurance companies do that negatively affects Obamacare? They want they want to make as much money as possible. It's that simple. Um, they don't want to have uh, competition across state lines. That's a big problem right there. You think there should be That's competition probably, across state lines? Yes, there must be. It must be. Okay. Uh, do you believe Do you believe in the insurance industry, period? Do you believe that – I mean, I, I assume that you believe in single-payer health care ultimately. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but – and I, I mean, you know, the first step is fixing Obamacare. No, no, no. I didn't answer – you give me a second. You give me one second. Give me at least a few to answer your question. Please. What I truly want? is what Bernie wanted. I want Medicare for all. Now, I'm going to tell you something, especially being around the funeral business for years and dealing with elderly folks, okay? Uh, I've never met, never in my life, have I met one elderly person who does not like Medicare, okay? It is a fine, fine uh, situation came about uh, with LBJ um, just like Social Security which goes back to uh, to FDR but you know uh, Medicare is great what we need is Medicare for everyone that's single which, player which means, and that which means that the in- so well that, which, huh? which means that the insurance industry goes away 
you won't see them in my pocket. I guarantee that. So you are for the abolishment of the medical industry, medical insurance industry. I'll never take a dime from him. I'll tell you that much. But answer the question. You believe that the medical insurance industry should be abolished if you believe in Medicare for all. <clears throat> Is that correct? Yes. 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 Good. Okay. Good. I'm personally. Yes. Just one simple word. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want Medicare for all. And so that means they're gone. I don't. I have no friends there. I don't. I don't care for them. So what's, the, what's, so what's the plan? What's the pathway between where we are now, which is a very flawed, <clears throat> a very flawed um, uh, Obamacare uh, Affordable Care Act, a very flawed Ab- Affordable Care Act, which is a good step in the right direction, but clearly nowhere near where we really need to be. And so what's the what's the what's the steps between here and getting to Medicare for all? Well, the end result, I think, is Medicare for all. Um, how we get there, listen, I, I, I can't, I'd be a fool if I told you how I could get there. I'm not Nostradamus, you know, um, but I could tell you, I'd be... Well, you can tell me what you're going to fight for. I'd be, I'd be willing to fight, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, that's what I, that's what I want. I want... I want Medicare for all. That, that's what I want. That's it. I mean, I, I can't make it simpler than that. Uh, I don't like anybody in the insurance uh, business, um, say for you know local friends or something. But yeah, you know what I mean. I don't. I don't care about big insurance companies. And uh, yeah, I just want to. I, I want us to move from where we are to Medicare for all, just like Bernie. And I know. I know. President Obama wanted that, but he also felt constricted, just like Hillary did back in the early 90s. Uh, they just had too much power and money. Uh, so what that caused was for Hillary and for, uh, for President Obama was them to have to say, okay, we can't beat him outright, so we'll take you know, a third way. But I so wish we had this the political, you know, strength in order to fight past that and, and do, do the right thing by our people. Because, I, I, listen, I'm a huge fan of uh, Ted Kennedy, and uh, he, he was fighting for um, health care for all since the 60s. And he, and he famously said, he said, you know, uh, health care is not a privilege for the few, it, it, it's the right for all. Uh, that's the truth. That's the way I look at it, you know? Okay, so let, let, me, let me switch gears a little bit. So Hillary, Hillary and uh, Bernie during the primary, you said you voted for Bernie. And then what did you do um, during the general? I assume that you voted for Hillary. I did. I did. So what are your feelings on... What are your feelings on the the? I don't you know I don't want to get into a whole discussion here, but but just generally, what are your feelings on the primary, and then on uh, Hillary versus Trump? Hmm. I kind of hate to say this, but I, I got to be honest. I I just don't 
think she had it. Whatever it is, she didn't have it. Um, you know, uh, if 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 we didn't have that amendment after FDR and Bill was able to run again, you know, Bill would have tweeted the floor to Trump. She just wasn't likable enough. Um, that was the thing, and I don't know why. I'm not saying that's, to me. That's the primary. So, what are the primary reasons that she, that she lost to Trump, aside from likability? Well, there are I mean, many. she lost. She lost a reasonably close, a reasonably close race. Well, she, she, she won the. That's a lot of people. The, a lot of people. The, the general vote. Yeah. She won the popular vote by around three million or something. She lost the electoral college. I think significantly. I don't remember the exact margin, but yeah. she. I you know I hear a lot of people say she should have won by quite a lot. So why did she lose relatively closely beyond just likability? No, I think that was the primary thing, uh, and I won't get into all the collusion stuff. And that could you know twenty years from now maybe maybe that'll you know bear herself out. That could, um, but. She should have been able to beat the hell out of him. Let's face it. If if, if Barack could run for a third term or, or Bill could run again, it wouldn't even been close. Let's face it. So beyond, so I still want to ask. Just, beyond likability. She just doesn't have the. She just doesn't. Hold on, hold on. I'm asking you a question. She doesn't have the charisma. Okay. Charisma, which is likability. I mean, that's and basically that, the same thing. And do you, do, you rec- do you recall when she was running against Barack in, uh, what was it, uh, was that 2008? And he said some of the question was to her, which I thought was a little unfair of a question. Like, are you not likable enough? And then Barack said, <laughs> which wasn't really that stirring of a, an endorsement of her likability. He said, oh, you're likable enough. Do you remember that? <laughs> I mean, he said, right. you're yeah, liable enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought that was funny. But the thing is, no, no, no. She doesn't have... So charisma and likeability, charisma and likeability but what, what, those, that's the primary reason that she lost to Donald Trump? Look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I think, I think there might be something there with that. I don't know. Well, there's okay. What about the Democratic Party? What the Democratic Party has done for the people, or what about the past forty years? What about her? What the policies that she wanted, that she actually wanted, not the ones that she necessarily said in public, but the ones that she actually was pushing for. Like, are you know what what else contributed to her loss? Well, charisma and likability. There, there are a few factors there. I, I think Bernie uh, beat her down pretty well at primary. But I are, think he are you, are you suggesting that, that he, because Bernie went negative on her, that that damaged her in the, the general? I don't, I don't, I don't even think Bernie went negative. No, I just think he was. I think he was fighting for an agenda there. I don't think he ever expected to win. I think he was fighting for an agenda, and guess what? It moved her to the left, and that 
to, in my opinion, a great thing. Did it genuinely um, move her to the left, or did she just say more lefty things? She, well, oh, well, yeah, they asked her. I, uh, well, what do you think? What, what do you actually, think? I mean, are you, I mean, you can tell by the tone of my question what I think, but, you know, did she actually move to the left, or did she just say more lefty stuff? At a minimum, I would say that she said lefty stuff. Yeah. Did it, did it move her, her brain? Like, did she get elected? Would she actually, like, jump on that stuff? I can't say so. And that's a little doubtful. But so, at, so least I'm asking with her, with, at least with her rhetoric and with her policy, she had to move left because of him. And that, I think, was his major purpose. So I'm asking, so I'm asking again. Likeability and charisma, you said, are the primary reasons that she lost to Donald Trump. Is there what? That, that, what in my, I'm sorry, if I uh, cut you off. Uh, no. Yeah, so, that, is, that, do you still why. stand by that? Is the charisma and likability are the primary reasons that Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump? Yes. If, if Bill, if Bill ran, if Bill was able to run for a third term, do you tell me he wouldn't have won? If Barack could run, well, for he third clearly term, has he charisma. <clears throat> That's a difference. It has nothing to do with gender here, by the way. I want, I want to make that no, of course not. Clear. No, we're not even going there. But, but yeah, no, no, no. You, all right. Well, let me ask you from a different angle. Let me ask you from a different angle. Sure. Were the let's pretend that Hillary Clinton was totally charismatic and very likable. Okay. Right. Were her policies what they should have been, in your opinion? Were she they? Had, were her policies well, yeah. benefiting enough of the 99% in reality, not what she said, what she actually was going to follow through with? Were her policies enough, and the party, the Democratic Party's policies, enough to actually, you know, inspire voters to get out to the polls? And obviously, you can tell my biases here. I'm being open about them. But yeah, yeah. But what but, do you but, think? But, but I, I'm, I'm going to blow your hair back right here. Uh, if, if someone like Sarah Palin had the smart of Hillary Clinton and had her same views, right, in that election, she would have won. Not as a Republican. I mean, if, she, if, if you took if you took Sarah Palin and replaced her with Hillary Clinton, and she's she's the Democratic Party nominee. With all the policy changes that Hillary has, right, and, and Hillary's smart, and that's a big uh, – uh, me – I'm abusing her with a lot here because I'm no fan of uh, Sarah Palin. But it, 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 it's going to take a lot of IQ points from Hillary to, to you know, send over to Sarah Palin. But if I could send that many IQ points and have her – she would have won because the thing about Sarah Palin, she has charisma. She's stupid. She's very stupid. And I, and I, uh, myself, I don't agree with anything she believes in, but she, but she has, has that kind of charisma. See what I mean? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you my opinion and then I want to move on to something else, which is sure. charisma and, and likability is like the tense. 20th most important thing. It's your policies, what you're going to do for people, what people 
what you're actually going to do for people. That's what, that, that's and, what it and, and should Democratic, mean. Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party, in my opinion, which a whole lot of people, a whole lot of friends very strongly disagree with me, and that's fine. But my opinion is that the policies of Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party that she represents are not benefiting the people, and therefore she lost by a thin margin when if she... If her policies and the Democratic Party's policies over the past 40 years have truly benefited the people, then people would have come out in droves and they would have, she would have won in a landslide, even despite her likability and despite her lack of charisma, as you say. Because, and therefore, none of, these, none of these things, such as burning people voting for Trump in, in, in uh, spite, uh, uh, Comey letter, uh, you know, Russians revealing the truth about the DNC, none of these things would have mattered because the policies would have truly benefited the people and she would have won in a landslide. Likeability and charisma have very little to do with it. That's my opinion. So, And, and may, I, may I just comment on that? And a lot of people get very angry at me when I say that kind of stuff, but that is my opinion. Oh, I, I'm not going to be angry at you for anything. <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, Look at look at all what Bill Clinton was knocked with, okay? So what I'm telling you is I'm countering what you just said. Okay. It, that charisma can alleviate you. It, it can transcend you and your campaign. If you of have that. Of course. She, she, of course. So, you, you know what I mean? She was under so much scrutiny. But that's but that's so was Bill. He, but so was Bill. But so was Bill. Bill back when cheating on your wife was a big deal. Now it's no no big deal, Parrish. And because uh, when you don't because yeah. when you don't have policy, then you're dependent on your charisma and on your money because your policy isn't there as your foundation. So therefore, you have to fill it in with something else. And therefore, she had to depend on her charisma, to depend on her likability, to depend on her which, uh, big which, money donations. Which she and lacked, that's why which she lost. Lacked. And that's why she lost in a squeaker instead of completely obliterating Trump like she should have, if the party really cared about. The oh, party. she should have easily. Like I said, right, so Bill Clinton. That's my very strong Obama opinion, which I usually don't. Which I usually don't reveal. <laughs> but that is my really strong opinion, which I usually. No, no, private, I, I but... appreciate that. It's, it's good to talk to you about that. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, in my view, anyway, uh, <laughs> charisma can elevate you past all that. She just didn't well, have enough, it, like a Obviously not charisma. to an extent. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay. And okay, I, don't, okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't judge charisma. I, it's, I'm looking at the people, you know? That sort of thing. Right. All right, so let me, let me switch gears. So I have a question yeah, for you. I, I saw a comment that you made, um, and I want to ask you about it because I find it a really interesting comment. Um, oh, we already not, dealt with it from the outside. No, no, no. no, no it's, it's not what you think. It's, it's just hold on a moment, please, actually. Okay, yeah, here we go. All right, so this is what you said. You said people with our views want to win. You don't beat someone like Tom MacArthur with diplomacy. Jersey politics in particular is a skull-crushing endeavor. You either fight to the end or you get nowhere. And I find that really interesting statement. I want to ask you, I want to ask you about it. So what can you elaborate on 
you know, that you basically have to tell, – tell, tell me what you mean by that. Tell me what you mean by that because I find that very interesting. Good question. Um, and I take none of that back. I, I put it on my, my own page. I cut and pasted it. Um, I stick behind it 100%. Uh, you don't win in politics, particularly in New Jersey, by being diplomatic. You don't. It is not diplomacy. Uh, can you, before you yeah. even go on, can you define diplomacy? Define diplomacy for me, please. I want to make sure that well, I... Well, uh, being diplomatic is I talk to my adversary and he wants something. I want something. We go back and forth. No, no. Uh, when I run for an office, I want to win. There's no conversation between adversaries. I have to win. Otherwise, okay. I don't get my agenda... And my people, more, more important, my people, my supporters, again, uh, first. Does, I so does this, do it. Does this mean with skull-crushing New Jersey politics and with diplomacy doesn't win? I mean, that, I mean, how, that could be interpreted as, you know, dirty politics. And I don't think that that's exactly what you mean. So I want to, I want to know no, more. No, 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 no. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to cheat. No. And I'm going to work my ass off. That's what it means. I mean, okay. I'm going to fight to the end and I'm not going to allow for my opponent to say something against my people's agenda that isn't true and let it just, you know, be diplomatic about it and say, well, that wasn't very true. No, 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 no. I'm going to hold him to account for that and his votes and his views. I'm gonna I'm gonna be in his face. I'm gonna be there every day in and day out. That's how you win an election, especially in New Jersey. So how do you negotiate with your enemy but still, you know, not forget the fact that he's the enemy? Is there a way to be diplomatic with the enemy without disrespecting yourself or forgetting that he's the enemy? Which I'll never bring me to myself. What are you talking about? Disrespecting myself. Uh, if, if the voters ask me to stand up for them, if they have that uh, that faith in me, and I'm going to fight for them to the death. Now, uh, say I'm on Capitol Hill and I got to have another deal. That's different. That's totally different. But to get into office, you have to be tough, particularly in the state of New Jersey. This is a rum pebble state. So to get into I know office, it. I've been you have before. To, I know so, how it works. So to get into office, diplomacy doesn't work. But once you get into office, then diplomacy, then you start using diplomacy. Good question. Um, I mean, my my, me, my my thought is like, don't you want to? If so, you're suggesting that if you're going to be, you know, you know, brass knuckles to get into office and play, you know. Hard hardball to get into office, right. but once you get, but once you get into office, that's different. And then you start using diplomacy. From my point of view, then you're a From my point of view, I can I can I can answer that pretty easily, actually. Well, let me let me yeah. you, please, you, yeah, hold on. May I answer your question? Uh, if um, when you run against somebody, it's you versus him. There's no diplomacy. It's not like 
uh, I can negotiate, you know, five votes here, ten votes there. You either win or you lose. So you see the difference. If I'm on Capitol Hill and I'm talking to uh, a colleague maybe from the different side of the aisle, that's different. Can you see that? I do. And I'm, I'm just trying to ask, I'm trying to understand when I vote for somebody, I want to vote for the person that they all are going to be in office, meaning I want, to, I want the person that's campaigning to be modeling what they want to do when they're in office. And you're suggesting that it's going to be a very, you're going to be a different person while you're campaigning than when you're going to be in office. Because you're, you're, thinking, you're thinking you want to see what you get. The guy... Yeah, I want to know what I'm going for. Or, or, or the guy or the woman who's fighting for that seat has his or her view upon what he or she wants to do once they get there, okay? But to get there, you've got to win first. You have to win. When you get there, then deals happen. Negotiations happen. Because every day on the on the floor or in the ante rooms, wherever, then you're, you're, you're just like in a business negotiation, which I've been in, which I'm, I've probably been there five in the past week. You negotiate. You go back and forth. And so it's different. A campaign is much different. You can't comport the one. You know, they don't. They don't add up. It's different. A campaign so, is much different than legislating. So you would be a different. So you are going. You're campaigning as one person, but you're basically promising that you're going to be a different person, a more diplomatic person, once you get into office. Is that accurate? I think the best legislators do that. So voting for you would be just a leap of faith that you're going to be that different person, like you say, because you're not going to be that person during the campaign. That's what you're saying, I believe. So we're, we're trusting the fact that I will do this when I'm in office, but I'm not going to do this during the campaign because it's a whole different ballgame because it's, you know, getting into if office I, is much if, different. If, 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 if I conduct myself in a campaign as I would among colleagues to hammer out deals on Capitol Hill, I'd be completely insane. They're totally different beasts. You know that. I... I don't necessarily know that, but my feeling is my I I just I don't know. Maybe it's just idealism. I don't know. Maybe it's unrealistic so, idealism. So, so I so I so no, no, just I'll so just I speak can, on I'll just speak Bernie Sanders Bernie, Bernie Sanders seems to be the same person that he is during campaigning that he is in office. And therefore I really yeah, want to go tough, for it. Tough 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 all around. Right, but he's not a different person, I believe. He is not a different person in private during the campaign. I don't believe he's a different person in private. I don't believe he's a different person. You think person. he doesn't make deals? Of course. To make of course himself- he makes deals, but he, does it, but he does it in the way that he portrays himself in public. That no, people no, no, know no, what no, they're no, voting for. No, no. People know what Jeff, they're voting for. I, Jeff, I, I, I'm a student. 
I'm a student of legislative history in, in uh, at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, a guy like um, like Ted Kennedy, uh, of course, uh, the biggest fight of his life was against when uh, Mitt Romney ran against him. Of course, he beat he. Romney thought, oh, this is going to be easy. He's old, he's fat, he's whatever. And Daddy Kennedy showed him, no, he he railed against him and he won. And Teddy Kennedy, he was down in the Senate. Was he tough? Yes. But he made great, great strides for people like John McCain, Orrin Hatch, and, and many other from the opposite side of the aisle. So you, you can't tell me otherwise. It's... Campaigning is way different than legislating. Trust me on that, please. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, then let me ask a related question, which is, what are you doing to appeal to the more conservative people in this district? Because there's a lot of them. I don't know if it's exactly 50-50, but it's certainly not so far off. So you're, right. you, have very, you have progressive views, at least the ones that you've told me. So what are you yeah. doing to appeal and to reach out to the people who really disagree with you in this district? Uh, absolutely. I um, and, and, and let, let's think about it. The independents are, are really uh, where, where you got to go. Something like this. Um, well, like how do you appeal to Trump supporters? Do you think that you could get a significant number of Trump supporters to vote for you? I've heard that. I'll, I'll tell you. I've heard that. I heard the. I've heard the philosophy of I don't care don't don't worry about the Trump supporters. Let's just overwhelm them with the Democratic vote. Yeah, no, and I don't I don't believe that. I don't believe that. So I, what I so what are you that. going I, to I, do? I think you always told you that it, it, it just doesn't understand where I feel. Uh, so no, no I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that no, I, I I was I didn't mean to imply that that's No, no, no. no that, that I didn't mean to let saying. me let me hold on, hold on please. I didn't mean to imply that that's what people told me that you believe. I'm just no, telling you that, that. I know that. Okay. So what are you going to do to appeal, to appeal to and to reach out to basically Tom MacArthur supporters? I'm going to, without a doubt, first tell them that the tax reform, reform cut is baloney. Uh, I have a town hall with them and say, how many of you make more than $300,000 a year? That's what I ask. I say, how many hands do I say? Okay. Well, guess what? Guess what? You're not going to have, have any tax savings. And in three years, you're going to actually be paying more than you do right now. Do you understand that? Okay. Uh, do you actually have a this? Do you have do you have town halls scheduled already? No, no, no. no but I will. And um, in very in very short order. But that's the kind of questions I ask, and I talk to people. You see. But how do you appeal to them positive? How do you appeal to them positively, as opposed to telling them that what what currently is is horrible? How do you positively appeal to them? You know, instead of telling them that they're being instead of telling them instead of telling them that they're being Jeff, now you're getting hard questions, and that's fine. I don't mind that at all. That's my job. I mean, what I what I had to first ask is what they're against. You see. And I say, well, uh, now what do you like? Because it's a, 
there's a give and take. It's not me talking down to them on ice. It's what's going on, you know, what what would you what would you like? And uh So they tell you so they say so they tell you what they what they want and it's incompatible with what you believe, so what do you do? Well, give me an example. Uh, what will be incompatible with me? Fifteen dollars an hour will make prices skyrocket to the sky and I don't believe in it. That's a terrible idea. And I say, uh, how many of you have uh, a daughter or a son um, who just starting out and trying his or her best to um, get started in this world, maybe save up for college, you know? Uh, wouldn't that help him or her? Would it not? Um, look at health care. Um, then you get those those very kids get sick. I, I know a lot of you because I do. I funeral homes in that whole area. A very Republican area, for example, in South Hampton Township, um, down you know at the Pinelands. And I know many of those folks don't have health insurance for their kids. And I say, what if he or she had a you know, terrible illness or something like that. Uh, you know, we got to reform care because uh, it will bankrupt you. You guys will have nothing. So okay. these, these are just just a couple of points, but I, I think they're very, very uh, salient points. Uh, would you agree? Uh, maybe you can't agree, but I get you, you know? <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I, I, I want to know more. I want to know... I want to know more how about how I want to know more how with your progressive views, which I assume that you have more than you've told me, sure. uh, you know, free tuition at public college and universities. I mean, you know, Bernie's platform, I, I assume that you agree with more than, than, yeah. than we've already yeah. seen. We have time to talk about. And a lot of those voters believe that they're horrible ideas. Some, some of it, Valid points. Some of it, maybe they're not so. Maybe they're not no, you know, they, correct. They, 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 so how? They, they, but, but you need. But you need a good. You're going to need it. A good twenty to thirty-five percent of those voters, if you want to comfortably win this district, I would think. I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but that's just my feeling. Is you're going to need to slice off a comfortable chunk of those people, and that means that you're really going to have to I'm somehow. I'm sorry. I'm confident I can. I wouldn't give in this if I didn't think I could win. So I want to hear. I would. I would like to hear more. I would like to actually know, like, when when should we expect to see those town hall schedules? Um, you know, uh, you know what what what? Tell me tell me a couple more things of, you know, specific things that you plan on doing that's really going to attract Trump supporters. I mean, that's a loose term. That's not as a sort of a blanket statement. Trump supporters, but just you know, MacArthur voters. How are you going to peel them off in a positive way? Um, well, once again, uh, a lot of the district is the Pinelands, and, and another significant portion is the uh, is the shore, Pershing County, and so uh, the environment is very important. A lot of these folks went through. Yeah, global warming. warming is a hoax. That's another thing you'll get from them. <clears throat> We're not a I know, hoax, but, but... but Jeff, I can't win everybody over. I can't. I can't. I can just give my... Time. No, you're... 
You're hoping to lose 20, 30%? Yeah, go ahead. Right, so yeah, yeah, of course there's going to be a lot of people who yell and curse at me and say, yeah, you, you, some will say you're, you're going to take your guns out of our hands and, and you know, nonsense like that. I, I, yeah, women's all, right I, to I want to make this clear. I want to make this clear. I'm totally in support of the Second Amendment. I myself am not a hunter. I don't own a firearm. I, none of my family ever has. Um, but I would never take guns out of anybody's hands. But do I want sensible restrictions? You bet your ass on that. Because I think it just degrades uh, good good hunters out there who, 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 who do it for sport and, and enjoy it um, and aren't hurting anybody. So... Um, they have that right. Okay, so so two more questions about this. Number one is when could we expect to see town halls scheduled with those with that population? When when do you sort of expect to either you know have a <laughs> what are you what are you what are you looking for a, uh, <laughs> a little dicey situation? Uh, am I look? No, I want to see the beginning of the process that you just described to me and that you said that there will be town halls in short order and I would like to push you on what that means. Right, but I yeah, I don't even know if the folks like that would show up because they wouldn't be supporting me, you know, even if I just charge $10 a head. All are welcome, by the way. Uh, I have no problem with anybody showing up. But... Uh, <clears throat> But yeah, it's, it, it's uh, when you get out into the pinelands, it's um, it's a little different. Um, very conservative, very pro guns. Um, not so much into. And see, I can't really, I can't educate. I can say my views, but I can't educate as to why I have my views. Uh, I'd like to, but uh, my, my but, mother's but, a teacher of 30, of 30 so years. And, uh, huh? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to interject without totally interrupting. Finish what you're saying. I'm all here. What's up? Okay. You said that you are planning a town hall and it's going to be it's going to be revealed or however in short order. Yeah, but that's true. I had to get okay. the details so, down. So when sh- when should people expect that that town hall? <clears throat> excuse me. When should people expect to see that town hall event on your In website or order. on Facebook? What is short In order? Short order. So you're not willing to say as far as weeks or uh, next week or a month? No, or no, months, no. Whatever. It won't be weeks. It won't be weeks. But it's just it's just uh, you know. I mean, what would you like to attend? Because I'll definitely let you know. I, that's I'd love to have my you. Hope, I, think, I mean, that's sort of the whole point in, in asking is to see how you reach out. And you're you're saying it's going to be that it's in the works, but then you're not saying exactly. I mean, my feeling is is that it's really not in the works. That you're sort of thinking about it. So I'm trying to I'm trying to push you. No, that's not that, true. I'll tell you exactly what I've already talked to a guy Charlie at the Moose Club in now Holly. Okay, uh, okay. I, th- that's the best detail. We're, we're now 
talking about but that Mount Holly is very by any I mean, <laughs> how many cases of beer? If you want the truth, that's but that's Mount Holly. That's, that's far. That's far from Ocean County in the Pinelands. Well, no, no. And uh, do you know who Tim Ryan is? Uh, I've heard the name. Okay, he used to be chair of uh, the Ocean uh, County Dems. He's a funeral director. Okay. He's in Florida now. And uh, so I, I, I plan to have one in Brunswick County and, at the Moose Club in uh, Mount Holly. And uh, Tim Ryan's now in Florida. And he's used, he is about five funeral homes out that way. The county is very well known. And um, he's a used one of the big rooms in my funeral home. I had the chairman wired up there. And so that's what I'm planning on doing. Um, can I give you exact dates? No, because I'm trying to schedule everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, you... you so, I'm not being I, evasive, am I? Well, no, no, no disrespect, but yeah, that's exactly what you're being. <laughs> I still like you, but uh, yeah, you're being totally evasive. <laughs> Um, I, 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 good. I, I can't give you I can't give you back dates when I have to would have to coordinate with, with, with certain. I didn't ask for an, I didn't ask for an exact date. I asked for uh, when should people expect it to happen. You, and then you you didn't you said weeks, but no, not weeks. So now we're talking you know maybe a month or something. So you know it's it's fine. You ask me if you're months. being invasive. You ask me if you're being invasive, and that is my thing. Uh, like you, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Let me first thank you, pal. I, you, you asked so, me. I gave you the venue. I gave you the venue. I, uh, I already talked to the people involved. I just don't have exact dates. That's all. Okay. I mean, well, I look I'm forward. Kidding. I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing that. And I hope you're um, there. I, a related question that that this was given to me by somebody else is: sure. um, What groups in that area? Ocean County, um, you know, that, those areas. What specific um, groups have uh, hold on a second that have supported you that have, that are that are standing up and supporting you officially? Do you have support from oh. trade unions, veterans organizations, uh, military no, people? Not a, not a one. Not not a one. Not a one. But uh, they will. How are you? How are you? Honest. So how are you? How are you uh, working towards getting them? Well, I'm gonna have my kickoff answer. I guess I don't know which one will come first. Tell you the truth. Um, but um, you see me with a microphone, people with a bunch of uh, cups of beer in their hand. And uh, I've talked to people and just, uh, you know, say, just say in, my, in, my view of the future. That's all. Just an informal, informal thing? Just an informal sure, training. Why, why should it be Why should it be formal? I'm not, it's not a, I don't even call it a fundraiser, you know? I'm not. Uh, what about, a, what about, opportunity. what about groups elsewhere in the district, aside from Ocean County? What groups have publicly, you know, endorsing your campaign or however it's, you know, however it works, that are standing with you. Okay. What is, what is today's date? You tell me. 
It's January. It's too early. It's too early, I think, is what you're what you're about to tell me. That you're just beginning. Yeah, yeah. It's been twelve days or something since I announced. So I don't think so give, it's fair. Give me time. I, so I don't think it's very fair to to knock me uh, for not having everything in gear uh, this soon out. Now I was the one who chose to hold out, so you, you could hold my feet to the fire on that one. But uh, I've answered more than Andy Kim has in nine months what I've done in a week and a half. This is God's God's truth. So, you know, uh, take that as it is. He's not answered these things. So I I thought that I thought... Has he done an interview with you? Because guess what? I can't... Guess what? You're, you're, a pretty, you're a pretty hard questioner. And I, I've sat here, and I've enjoyed our questioning. And I've answered all your questions, have I not? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. So why is he answering so, your questions? So you... You you said at one point that you agreed with pretty much everything Andy Kim believes in. I can't find it though, so I might be wrong. Is that true? What I think you that you generally and let, let me let me make it very clear. Let me make it very clear because people uh, on that website that you referred to before, and I don't want to open that up again fully, uh, but. If you announce nine months past and uh, you still don't have a page uh, as a road scholar, right, with your policy platforms, after nine months and your supporters are not to me after three, four, five days in, eh, obviously they're in the bag for you. And... Um, I still listen. I still want to wish them the best and, and hope for the vote. Is that likely? No. Um, but there are plenty more votes out there. Um, yeah, so I think what we've done in less than a week is uh, amazing. Amazing. The congressional campaign. Um, that's the way it is. Um, you know, okay. I've, 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 had, I've had my feet into the fire, and I'm ready to talk to you. And, and I'm, I'm questioning, what, why did he talk to you? What? Have you reached out to him? I've spoken to Andy Kim in private twice at length. Why not an, an interview like this? Just haven't gotten around to it yet. There's still time. <laughs> Well, I could guess you do so. I absolutely will. I'm very. I'm actually planning. He's actually going to. I believe that you were invited to our Revolution South Jersey in March. Correct. I'm pretty sure you were. You you, you told me that. I didn't know about it before. All right. Well, if you, you haven't heard that, yet, that your via email, you you told me that. And okay, I, I so, need more info on that. But yeah. Well, sure. I, I'm on the board, but I'm not the one specifically reaching out to you. But I do know that that in March. 
we are planning a town hall for you in Dad's Bar and Grill. And Andy Kim is having uh, his in February, and Fred Laverne is having his in March. So I guess you're April. I guess you're April. Um, yeah, so, at, least, uh, at least Fred. Uh, yeah, Fred wrote me. I'll say this: I don't know him personally. My, he's from Delanco. My dad uh, was born in Delanco, and uh, he was nice enough to write me and say. Well, the race. I appreciate that. You know, little things count. You know, they, they do. I actually, um, I actually know. I haven't spoken to him in, in a few months, um, but I know Fred pretty well, and I actually have an enormous amount of respect for him. Seems like a good guy to me. Smart guy. He's a environmental scientist, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, very socially progressive. Uh, economically, he's a little more towards center. Um, but okay. uh, I, endor- I endorsed him in the last race. I wrote an endorsement for him in the last race. Um, I, yeah. Sounds good. Uh, okay, so I want to ask another one difficult question that, that I'm just going to ask one uh, huh? regarding, what ha- regarding what happens. And then after that, then we can close it out with whatever you like. Um, okay, so you wrote on your official politics page, your candidacy page today, about being banned from a group um, that, that you say are filled with uh, surrogates of your opponent and um, that you see that your interpretation, according to your post from today, say that you see it as a uh, revoke, a, re- a revocation, uh, that's not the right word, a revoking of the pledge to not go negative because your opponent did not sufficiently tell his supporters to leave you alone. So mm-hmm. I want to ask, do you, do you really believe that, or, or what, please respond to or tell me what you think as far as you think that your opponent is passively allowing his supporters to attack you on his behalf. Is That's what you're saying. That, I mean, that is what you're saying. So well, may, I, I answer, you, may I answer, and then I can tell you what I'm saying. Please. Huh? Please, please, please. I reached out to Andy Kim and said, we had a pledge, and I had plenty of supporters myself, I said, and I asked them not to troll and not to say anything negative about you or your campaign. He never got back. Now, 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 please, he never got back to me, and these comments kept coming and coming, and they flooded in, and they were extremely negative, sometimes a bit personal. Uh, I could take it. Uh, you put your name out there, put your face out there, you know, you, you deal with it. Uh, that's just the way politics works. I could take it, but I just think it's, it's rude. So I told them the pledge is off. There's no, there's no more pledge. If you violate a pledge, 
now, now I'm going after you. Uh, so, sure he That's tough. So you rumble. So, so, so two things about that. Number one, do you really think that people were attacking you in order to? No, no. I in I'm order not to. No, the, whatever the words that you use, maybe attacking is too strong. Do you feel that people were going, being negative, in service of Andy Kim, or is there anything that might actually justify what anything of what happened? Is there well, anything? Uh, let, let's put it this way: they they are big supporters of him. Uh, a lot of them are. A lot of them are. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I I actually wrote when I was on that page. I said I don't think Andy's behind this at all. I really don't. I just wrote him afterwards and said, please tone these people down. Uh, even though I know you can't do it, you know, but maybe you could tell them that we had a pledge. That was it. And uh, so I'm no conspiracy theorist. I don't so his so his not response. So his not responding to you is what you take as he is therefore going back on his pledge. No, I can't say that either. No, I can't. But that, but that is what you said. But that is what you said in in your post and what you just told me that him not telling his supporters to back off and not go negative against other. I would uh, put it this way: I is, would, is his is his would, revoking his pledge to not go negative and therefore the gloves are off, like you said. My point is that I expected him to uh, tone that down. And when he did not, I figured the pledge was off. And so now they opened up the water gates. You know what I mean? Opened them up. And I told them my supporters, because they wanted it it off. They wanted in on this. I'm talking dozens and dozens of people. They went in on this. So I said, yeah, now you can. Now you can. Now you can, now you can pledge, go against it. The pledge you're, is you're, off. You're, the pledge is off. You're telling, so you've told your supporters that they can go off on your opponent because that's what, that's what you just said, that you have just told your supporters that I, they I can go them, off on your I told opponent. Them they could, I told them they could speak their mind. That's what I said. No apologies okay. for that. Okay. So do you think that there is any justification Okay, let me let me be blunt. I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. Do you feel that you have any responsibility in the reactions that you got from people on that group? Do you think that it was all in service of Andy Kim, or do you think that they were reacting to something that really struck them as negative or inappropriate or whatever it is? Do you feel that you have any responsibility in what happened? That's not beating around the bush. That's being as direct as I possibly can. Do you have any responsibility... I think it's fair, and I, I would hope you would, you would view my response as being fair, is what I'm about to tell you. Uh, I uh, I got a little hot on the car. I'll be uh, frank with that. Um, but they, uh, those, if you really read it, uh, the majority were very unfair and very tough. Very tough on me. Now, can I deal with toughness? Sure. If you can't deal with toughness, you can't run against Tom McGarden. So I can deal with that. And guess what? This is just good for me in the general. Uh, can I beat 
uh, any Kim? Of course I can. There's no question about that. So it just that just helped me. That's all. Um, and I apologize if I, if I, if I sounded a little rude. But that's all I did. Sound a little rude. That's really it. That's it. So, do you feel that the banning was justified? Do you feel that the banning was unreasonable? Do you feel that being banned was unreasonable? And I wasn't going to bring oh, this absolutely. up. I wasn't, I wasn't going to bring this unreasonable. I wasn't going to bring absolutely this up. Unreasonable. It, 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 it can't stand, it can't stand uh, uh, free speech and, and, and uh, our, our, our basis of... Uh, uh, values in democracy, yeah, yeah, it was totally wrong. But see, so, so you acknowledge you, you you acknowledge that you, I think the term you used was hothead. You perhaps, you know, went a little too far in your reactions or whatever. I think that's what you said. But in, in, in general, a couple of comments, yeah, I was, in a couple of comments, yeah, I was a little hot on the car. Yeah, but in I, general, but in general, you feel like you you. You are largely not responsible for for the difficulties and for and for in general. Being, yes, absolutely. Yes, you yes, feel absolutely. and you feel and you feel that what was being done was not in reaction to something that they felt was inappropriate or negative, but instead it was in service of uh, lifting Andy Kim and destroying all of his opponents. That's that's what you seem to be saying. What that I mean? Say that again. Pretty, you seem to be saying that the reactions in the group and the fact that you're not in it anymore is because they are doing whatever it takes to make Andy Kim win, which means that they have to destroy his opponents. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I knew that right from the beginning. As I said, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I was, I was, they were in the bag from the beginning. There were a few nice people there, but they were the vast minority. Um, and uh, and then some of them trolled me and got onto my uh, my congressional page and and, and uh, campaign page, uh, congressional campaign page. And um, one guy he took a screenshot from Andy Kim showing three thousand followers, and I had. At the time, you know, I just uh, came up with, I don't know, 118 or so at the time, which is higher than that now. But anyway, what they're not getting is, well, look at my real page, uh, close to 4,000 people, and a lot of them aren't jumping on the campaign page because they know they're going to get the same info from there. So, um, uh, what are we measuring here? It's stupid. Um, <clears throat> Really dumb. Now, so, so, go ahead. Oh, I think that's about all. Uh, so, what else do you need? Okay. All right. All right. So, thank you for that. Was the one thing, and I'm not going to go back there anymore. I think you've addressed that directly, and I appreciate that. So, um, why don't we, you know, let's let's get into one last major subject that of your choosing because you. You know, you graciously accepted, you know, hand, uh, addressing something head on, and I appreciate that, just like you agreed to do. So um, what would you like to um, 
I'm giving you the option. What would you like to continue with? I would like to talk about myself and who I am. Please. You good? Yes, please. Please do. Hi, I'm Rich Jennison. I am a lifelong resident of Florence, New Jersey. I believe in this district. It's a district that's very important to me. Uh, I grew up living uh, in the river, the Delaware River, and um, those in Brunswick County along the river know exactly what I'm talking about. And it looks to very important things. And um, I know the people throughout the district, where it spans from where I am in the, in the northern side of the district, down south, to uh, the southern side, down Route 130, or to the west, and Matt Holly, and Morristown, and Matt Thaw, Morrison, and we go into Hogan County. And... Uh, as well as in county, I'm getting to know you better and better. I know Bayville, I know I know Thomas River. You said you had funeral homes in Ocean County? I didn't say that at all. I'm sorry, I thought you said you had funeral homes in different areas. I have three in Burlington County. Burlington County, okay. Okay. You just interrupted my whole thing. Anyway, I uh, apologize. <laughs> Anyway, it's the third district of New Jersey. I love you all. Um, we can all do better. I don't care uh, your socioeconomic status. Uh, I stand up for you. It doesn't matter your racial status, uh, if you're a man or a woman or a child. I, I care about you. That's who I am. And so I just ask, you know, for, for, for you folks, for your vote. And um, I just got through this long interview with this guy. And so I must, there must be something good about me if I could, if I could deal with him for two hours. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just give me a shot. I guess what, we're going to be up on cable TV before you know it. Thanks so much. Rich, I... I... I am grateful you did exactly what you said. Um, I hope I hope you feel that I've you know I've uh, I've returned that I've done what I said, uh, and uh, I'm I'm very grateful for you you know addressing what you said you were going to do head on, and uh, I'm really grateful. I'm glad that you have all these very progressive views, um, and thank you very much for talking. And I look forward to seeing no, uh, no, upcoming stuff. You. I, 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 I had a piece of paper in front of me the whole time. I just told you, and I felt very comfortable talking to you. I just told you how I felt. And I, I wow. figured, you know, if I lose, I lose. But uh, I'm going to, you know, talk. And uh, so you got it recorded? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, yep. It's, it's all recording. And, uh, um, you know, I hope I hope that even though we talked about some tough stuff, that I, I hope... You know, I've I've done it in a way that I probably. No, I think I, I thought I thought you were pretty fair. I I think my only uh, uh, sticking the brush, so to speak, was he told me you asked two three questions. You asked two three questions starting out, and then at the end you asked 
Well, I followed up. It's fine. Listen, listen. I think I handled it well. I'm happy with it. Uh, Because all all I could do was tell the the truth, you know? Uh, You know, if people don't like the truth, that that is what it is. You were were candid as you promised, and I'm very grateful for that. Well, that's my my job. It's the board. The booze or the or the bosses, and uh, so they deserve to hear from me, and uh, you know, and all I uh, and what I believe in, and I uh, I just take your questions where largely quite fair, and um, I got what you were saying, I think all the time, and uh, but yeah, once you record it, would would you email it to me? I'm going to put it online. I'm going to, it's going to be a podcast online, and, and I'll uh, send you a link. I'll, I'll tag you and whatever. Well, all right. I hope I sound okay. You answered all my questions, and you let me be tough without, without stopping me, and I appreciate it. And uh, I feel like I know a lot more about what your platform is. So uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for the time you gave me, and I am surprised that it ended up being today. Um, but, you yeah. know. It, it worked out. Everything worked out. So well, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very grateful for you. Uh, I appreciate your time. I do. Well, thank you. Well, let's keep it tight, right. bud. I wish you the best of luck. Right, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll see you online. Bye bye. Bye. You take care. Bye bye.